This week on Dream Team Fantasy, we break down the NFC West, our top five at each position, and our week one pick. And this episode of Dream Team Fantasy is brought to you by Thunder Drain. If you are in the greater Rochester area and in need of a plumber, text or call Chris at Thunder Drain. It's 585-500-1177. Welcome another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. I'm Nick Morrow alongside Tyler Syracuse. What up, T? Happy to be back in studio. Last week I was on vacation, so it's, it's good to be back in the old Rock City. Yeah, we missed you. <laughs> um, I got flicked off twice on the way here today, by the way. Did you? I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, I what hate. What are you doing, man? Just driving, normal, but I hate fucking bicyclists. Like, they think they own the road. Yeah. And like... Then they flicked me off like it was my fault. Like, Just hit him. Get out. Yeah. Don't you know that when I hit you, nothing's going to happen to me and you're <laughs> going to be hurt? Just pissed me off. Um. All right. So we got our last show before uh, we get some some big talk with uh, DFS. We, you know, we're going to get real into DFS next episode. And uh, week one is a week away when this podcast drops. That's fucking crazy. Um. I got a DraftKings deposit bonus in the mail today. I don't know if anyone else did. So what is it? Do you know? Because I didn't. Yeah, so basically the bonus they're sending out, they're going to match any amount you put up to $500. Now, so I already did this. Um, even if you deposit $1,000, they are only going to match up to 500 Just the penning bonus is a little slow. It's like for every $100 you play, they give you like a $4 bonus or something like that. So... So you have to play, and basically the the bonus will be released as you play more and more. But it's a nice little bonus to give you a little extra bankroll for the season. Nice. Yeah, if anyone wants it, let me know. I don't know if I can give it away, but I will if someone wants it. Um, All right, so headlines. We'll just start with the biggest one. Andrew Luck retiring. Crazy. Shook the world. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he just obviously wasn't enjoying football, and – it was just draining him, the rehab, the, you know, getting out there, playing through pain, then rehabbing again, not being able to practice. Um, you know, another 29-year-old gone too soon from the game, and it sucks. And, you know, everyone's going back and forth about the Colts fans booing him. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just feel bad for him. I'm glad he made that decision. I'm, I hope he gets well, and I hope maybe we see him in a couple of years or something. He gets that itch and comes back because, you know, he's still young. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. He's 29 years old. He's made like $97 million playing football. His wife is expecting. I know there was reports that says he wants to travel the world. And I do think – I I think I kind of have a contrarian take on the whole thing. I think I think, honestly, he might be back as early as this year. I really don't think he's played his last game. Uh, he's Like we said, he's only 29 years old. And I think he's dealing with a high ankle sprain right now. And I've dealt with this before. My brother's dealt with this before playing soccer. It's just an injury that's really going to linger. 
and you feel like it's just never going to heal. I know it's been like five months and he's still feeling pain, but he, he doesn't have the concussions. He doesn't have the head trauma that other players have dealt with to force them to retire. I think taking a year off from the game, his body's going to feel amazing and he's going to want to come back and play. So I don't think we've seen the last of him, but that's just a hunch that I've had. Yeah, that's my initial reaction. I mean, he took a beating when he first came into the league. <clears throat> their their offensive line was awful. When I mean, I think he took the most hits the first two years of the season than anyone ever. And you know, he played through a torn like he had shoulder, a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, and yeah. he played with a lacerated kidney as well. So he's yeah. definitely a tough guy. Yeah, I mean, he toughed it out for the Colts, and he played through a ton of injuries, and um, I commend him for that. So. I hope I, I hope we get to see him play again. He's uh, he's a great quarterback and uh, seems like a good guy. So um, I hope he gets healthy and comes back. The next uh, topic: Lamar Miller tears his ACL. Actually, before we go to that, I wanted to ask you: Where does that move T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron? I know we weren't high on him in, in, in the beginning. Marlon Mack, Hines, all that move him down a lot, a little. I mean, I I feel like. The Colts are still going to be competitive. I mean, their offensive line is going to be good. They still got T.Y. and all them, and their defense should be decent. I know that you and I are very high on uh, Frank Wright as a head coach. So, Yeah, I think Jacoby is not terrible, but he's also not good, so he's just kind of mediocre to average. Uh, it's definitely going to bring down the rest of the offense. I think they're going to be a little bit more conservative. And I actually think Chad Kelly, the backup quarterback, has an opportunity to possibly get some playing time. Uh, I know he has a ton of talent, and he was actually drafted above Deshaun Watson. And in his last, like, four quarters of action, um, based on the preseason, he, he scored, like, 25 points per game right now. So he's he's actually an exciting player. He, he runs a lot, but... Um, I, I mean, he just, he just had like off-field issues, right, or something like that? Yeah, which was he's, like uh, from... he's kind of a bonehead. He's had... Uh, multiple misdemeanors and he robbed someone's house and he's had problems with alcohol. So he's kind of a head case, but um, keep in mind that uh, if the Colts get off to a bad start, this might be a guy that we see later on in the year. Uh, I personally, I think the Colts are still going to win like seven, maybe eight games with Jacoby starting. Uh, As for fantasy, it it definitely lowers. I mean, I wouldn't even draft Eric Ebron or Doyle at this point. I think it moves Marlon Mack from like RB 14 to like RB 25, uh, somewhere in that range. And then it moves T.Y. Hilton from wide receiver 11, 12, maybe 10, 15 spots down as well. Um, I mean, Andrew Luck was awesome. And it, it definitely hurts uh, Marlon Mack because he was really good in games where the Colts were playing from ahead last year and if they're going to be playing from behind more I think Naeem Hines is going to see the field more and it's just going to hurt Marlon Mack's uh fantasy value I agree I like the uh the Jags for the division this year now that Luck's out I know you were high on them when we talked uh beginning of the season <clears throat> so I, I I like them to win the division I was high on Jacksonville I was high on their win total I did bet even before the Andrew Luck news I bet on Houston to win the division and I think it was bet 70 to win 210, so it was like a 3-1 to one bet, and now they're the favorite. So so that was one of the good bets that I got in on. Nice. Um, and, yeah, Houston, speaking of Houston, Lamar Miller tears his ACL. Uh, Duke Johnson probably now steps up as the guy. I mean, they gave up a third-round pick for him, so you got to think that they had initial, you know, reaction to using him fairly 
a good amount, even with Lamar Miller, now that Miller is gone for this season, you think he can handle a three down workload? Um, I know he was, uh, he was very good in college, but it's the NFL and he hasn't really ever been the lead back. Yeah. He's never been a lead back. He's always been one of those efficient guys who can get over five yards of carry, but with limited carries, I really don't think they're going to give him over 20 touches a game. Still, I think they're going to bring in somebody else, whether it's Jay Ajayi, if LaShawn McCoy gets released, possibly him, and then possibly uh, Kenyon Drake was another option I saw with the potential trade for uh, Jadevian Clowney. So, I mean, I don't really think they're going to view him as their workhorse. I would definitely assume they're going to bring in somebody else. But he is a really talented guy, and if he's getting 16, 17 touches, I mean, he could still be an RB2 for sure because we've seen how efficient he is, and he's playing in a great offense, and he's a good pass-catching back, and you always want that with your running backs as well. So I do like the upside with Duke Johnson. For sure. Um, All right, so last division we got before uh, the season starts, NFC West. I know you're uh, fond of this division. So we got the Cardinals, the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks. Let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, number one draft pick, Kyler Murray, also went ninth overall in the MLB draft. Uh, an absolute stud. Um, in his only season as Oklahoma starter last year, uh, he completed 69% of his passes. Uh, ridiculous, 11.6 yards per attempt with a 42-7 to 7 TD to INT ratio, and he also added 12 rushing touchdowns. Colleges, uh, you know, the NFL is a different different beast than college. Um, you think he's going to have success? Yeah, I do think he's going to have success. I know a lot of the fantasy analysts on Twitter and that have their own websites are extremely high on Kyler Murray. I actually bet one of my buddies in, in the fantasy industry, he, he runs uh, Daily Fantasy Insider. I don't know if you've heard of them, but he's uh, he's made a shit ton of money playing DFS, and he's actually younger than me which is crazy, but he uh, he's from North Carolina. Anyways, we bet $1,000 that Kyler Murray – he bet me $1,000 that Kyler Murray would finish as a top-five quarterback. Damn. So I feel pretty good about that, but I do think he's going to be a top-10. I just think he's going to fall somewhere in that 5-10 to 10 range. Yeah. Um, obviously, Andrew Luck retiring kind of sucks for me because I was banking on him being a top-five quarterback. So I think the top three are pretty clear with um, Mahomes, Watson, and Rodgers, and then probably Mayfield number four. But um, there can be there's a case to be made for a lot of guys for that number five spot. I'm just hoping it's not Kyler Murray, but I, I do like him. Their offensive line's awful. I mean, he's going to be running for his life. Yeah. He's little. I know he's fast, athletic, got a good arm, but you know if you if he just gets beat up all season, eventually he's going to wear down. So I'm I'm excited to see him play. Everyone keeps talking about how uh, Kingsbury didn't show, you know, their offense in the preseason and, you know, come week one, we're going to see how they're going to run and all that. So we'll see what happens. Um, David Johnson, uh, first round pick in fantasy this year. The Fitz is back for another year. They got Christian Kirk. Um, I like Christian Kirk this year. Uh, he broke his foot, I believe, last year, week 13. But I'm, I'm kind of high on him. Um, out of Fitz and Kirk, which one do you like? Yeah, I kind of – I don't really like drafting those older players. I know we, I know there's probably been people writing off Larry Fitzgerald and Frank Gore for years now, and they just keep on coming back and they keep playing. 
But, I mean, honestly, they're both pretty affordable. Kyler Murray's the QB9 uh, ADP. And then we got Fitzgerald at 46 and Christian Kirk at 34. So, I mean, they're both being drafted as, like, wide receiver threes slash fours. So, they're definitely pretty affordable. Um, I do think Christian Kirk has way more upside. And I do agree with Kingsbury in that they were probably running a vanilla offense in the preseason. They didn't want to show the crazy packages that they might run in the regular season. So we'll see how that pans out. I just think the Cardinals are are, uh, a team where a lot can happen. I just think it's going to, like, I just hope it's not the Wildcat all over again where it's, like, this trend, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to run the Wildcat. But then once everyone's got film on it, they completely shut it down, and it's nothing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Murray sit back there and, you know, chuck the ball cause he's got a phenomenal arm. So, and I, I'm, I'm interested in David Johnson. Definitely have a lot of shares of him this year. Um, I think he's going to be benefit well from Murray being so mobile. Um, and Larry Fitzgerald's just, he's just solid. I mean, I know he's old, but he's a freak as an athlete, takes care of himself in great shape. So yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Cardinals offense this year and I just think they have a ton of range of outcomes they could be a top I mean they could be a top five offense or they could be right. like a bottom five offense I right. really think right. both of those ranges of outcomes are in play here uh Kingsbury's Texas Tech led division one in offensive plays per game over his six seasons as a head coach so I mean it's going to be high tempo it's gonna be fun to watch um Last year, they ranked 29th in pass attempts, 28th in rush attempts, and 32nd in yards per play. Which means they weren't running a lot of plays, and that's where Kingsbury running a uh, fast-paced tempo is really going to help guys like David Johnson. So I think he's definitely worth the RB5 price tag. I know he finished in the top 10 last year, even with the struggles they had on the offensive line and the slow pace that they had. So he's a pretty good value at this point. I I would agree with that. Yeah, and there's just not a lot of – three down full workload backs to draft and he's one of them and I just think you got to get those when you can um two and one in one score games last season and they have the 10th toughest schedule in the league over under is five uh over minus 119 under minus 101 I would lean towards the under. I just think their defense is going to be really bad. Um, obviously, Patrick Peterson suspended for the first half of the year. Uh, a lot to be desired with their offense still. We don't really know what to expect. And like you said, they have a tough schedule. So I would lean under. I haven't bet it yet, but that's my initial lean. Yeah, I'm definitely not touching it. So we'll I think it'll be that. tough for them to win six games. Tough division. I mean, Tough schedule, too. Yeah. So. Toughest schedule. I mean, it's not going to be an easy road. Uh, you know, first first year coach, first year quarterback. No one really knows the system. So, yeah, it's going to be a learning process. And for I think sure. they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and teams are just going to be able to tee off against that poor offensive line. And I mean, they have some weapons there. Um, I know Andy Isabella is going wide receiver 64. He was a rookie that they drafted, speedy guy. But we, we just, I don't know. There's They're a tough team to predict because. They got a lot of younger guys. They got a new coach. They got a rookie quarterback. So so we'll see what happens. The only guy we didn't mention was Ricky Seals-Jones, who's going as the 29th tight end off the board. Uh, he was a really good athlete, but he's he hasn't really panned out yet in his career, despite the talent. And uh, 
I haven't taken any shares of him, but he, he'd be an interesting DFS guy if he's around min price in a good matchup. Yeah, I think we'll probably be throwing him in a couple lineups throughout the season for sure. Um, all right, next team, Los Angeles Rams. Everyone's, you know, down on them this year because of, I think, what happened in the Super Bowl. So that's the last game everyone kind of remembers where the Patriots just shut them down and it was boring as and fuck. they scored three points. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's expecting this high-flying Super Bowl and it ended up being 13-3 uh, to three or whatever it was. But there was that one lady who made, like, I think it was uh, like $400,000 when she bet the exact total was going to be uh, whatever it was. Like really? 13 to 3, I think, the yeah, final Yeah, something was. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she bet like 16 was going to be the total or something? I think she bet the Rams would land on exactly three, and it was like a 200 to 1 bet, and she bet however much on it. It was Damn. something crazy. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I actually won a $2,000 square in the Super Bowl, which was nice. So take that. Um all right, so the Rams, Goff uh, was a QB7 last year, uh, career high in touchdowns at 32, completion rate at 65%, yards per attempt at 8.4, and QBR at 65.5. Um, Rams' final eight games, he completed just 165 of 286 passes, which was a 57.7% rate uh, for 1,800 yards and 7-8 to eight TD to INT ratio. Um, have not really been a high volume passing game. And I think, you know, now, like I said, the NFL has got film on him, another season in the books. Are, are you interested in golf this year? Do you have any shares of him? I really don't have much of Jared Goff. I know his ADP has been skyrocketing. He's all the way up to QB eight. And then he's got three receivers in the top 22. He's got Brandon cook, 16, Robert Woods, 18 and Cooper cup, 22, I know Jared Goff had massive splits with and without Cooper Cup on the field. He was much better with Cooper Cup in the lineup. He was kind of the security blanket that they had there, and he was his favorite red zone target. The only reason I haven't really been taking Jared Goff is because he doesn't offer any rushing ability, and I think in 2019 you really want to draft a quarterback that that has some rushing upside. And he actually has the hardest quarterback strength of schedule this year, so – I think it's going to be a little different season. And it's going to be interesting without Gurley, with or without Gurley, who knows what's going to happen. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson's looking good, and no one really knows the health of Todd Gurley, if he's going to be the workhorse he's always been or if he's going to be limited. Um, are, you, are you taking Gurley in, you know, fourth round, anything like that? you have any shares of him? I actually have a bunch of Todd Gurley. Uh, I just think – in a lot of drafts, I've been able to get him as a double-digit running back off the board. And the guy scored 23 touchdowns last year. I know he's dealing with an arthritic knee. I'm really not too concerned about it. Uh, I think they're going to reduce his workload. I know they did that a little bit in the offseason. And they're not going to play him for the full complement of snaps. But he's still going to be the red zone guy, and it's a great offense. And he's going to get the ball in the red zone. He's been tremendous scoring touchdowns. So I think... Getting him at a discount, if you can get him as the RB10, RB9 or later, I think I would take that uh, 10 times out of 10. And would you take Henderson as a handcuff, you think? Or are you just uh, not really interested I in I think him? Henderson's a pretty easy fade. He's going as RB37, and honestly, I think Malcolm Brown would still be the direct handcuff to Todd Gurley, and he's not even being drafted. Um, the hype train on Daryl Henderson was just a little out of control. I know he had a great career in college, 
Um, he actually started over Tony Pollard. Fun fact. But um, that is a good fact. I uh, I I don't think he's gonna be much of a factor this year, and he's a pretty easy fade in my mind. The one concern I have with the Rams is losing two offensive linemen, and then uh, Andrew Whitworth is one year older. I think he's got to be like thirty eight or thirty nine at this point. Uh, but he's he's been phenomenal. But um, if he can keep up that, and then the backups that they got there, uh, hopefully that'll that'll keep the Rams' offense flying. But they, they were phenomenal last year. And I think you were the one that told me. I think it was you that McVay really coaches golf like in his ear before that. You know, ten second, fifteen second, whenever the mic cuts out. That's why they're so quick to get to the line because McVay kind of gives him that you know look of the field. Um, and Goff's not really that great at reading defenses. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, they got three phenomenal wide receivers in Woods, Cooks, and Cup. It's kind of pick your poison, flip a coin. Um, I think Woods has the highest floor among the three wide receivers. Um, career high across the board last year, 86 receptions, 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, he was the Rams' target leader, averaged 8.3 per game including the playoffs, and topping 60 yards in 16 of 19 affairs last year, 84%. So he's definitely he's definitely very active. And then you got Cooks, uh, topped 1,000 yards in four straight seasons, career high in yards last year, 1,200, and yards per target, 10.3. Um, and then Cooper Cup, one of Goff's favorite targets, tore his ACL last year. Um, I think the Rams might ease him into the season. They might not give him, you know, that full wor- workload right off the bat as a number three wideout. Um, Goff averaged 1.3 more yards per attempt and 22.6 more yards per game with Cup in the lineup over the past two years. So he's definitely a huge bonus for Goff. Are you staying away from him? Are you picking him if they fall to you? I mean, what's your strategy on the wide receivers? I definitely agree with you that Robert Woods has the highest floor among these three guys. The one guy I've been targeting the most is definitely Brandon Cooks. He's still a young guy. He's only 25 years old. He's gotten better each year he's been in the league. This will be his second year in the system. He's continuing to develop to develop more chemistry with Jared Goff. And honestly, he he still has room for improvement, but it just seems like he's getting better and better. He keeps ascending and... I think if he's going up against a corner that he can blow past, um, I, I look at that in my matchups when I look at wide receiver and corner matchups. I want to attack slower corners. I know Brandon Cooks runs like a 4-3, four, 4-4. Four, four, so if there's a corner that's matched up with him that runs a 4-8 or a 4-9, that's when you want to go and, and play Brandon Cooks. That's when he can catch those 70, 80-yard touchdowns, which aren't that easy to predict. Uh, I've done an all-out fade on Cooper Cup. I really just don't like drafting or playing guys coming off of injuries. I know it happened kind of in the mid-season last year, so he, he's got to be still feeling some effects of that. I know reports have been positive that he's been – I mean, he's been practicing, he's been working out, he's been with the team. It's just I, – I think with football, I, I like to fade fade guys that are – dealing with any kind of knee, inj- uh, ankle. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I just, he reminds me of, you know, like Edelman, what Edelman is to Brady, you know, just that security blanket, go to, they have that connection. And that's the only thing that I don't want to miss out on in case it continues. But, you know, with Cooks and Woods there, I, I, I'm probably, I'm not taking, 
I, mean, I don't have many shares of Cooper Cup this year. Um, and then the tight end position, uh, Higby, I don't really have any shares of him. Not really interested in what he has to say either. <laughs> yeah, and they still have two tight ends. They, they have uh, Higby and they have Gerald Everett as well. So yep. they're they're both kind of, they play equal playing time, so they kind of cannibalize each other there. Um, so I guess overall I'd be most high on Todd Gurley. I know I say I don't like to draft injured players. I just think people have blown his knee situation way out of control. I mean, he was clearly hobbled by it last year, but he's had all off season to, to get healthy and take some pressure off the knee. He never even had a knee surgery. And I think it's the same situation that Sony Michelle has. They both have like an arthritic knee and basically you just need to rest it and then they're good to go. And by the end of the year, it's really going to be hurting them. But I don't really think it's going to take away too much of his uh, fantasy value. I think they're going to give him less touches, but that might be a good thing for him. Yeah, He's still going to get the touchdowns. He's still going to be an explosive player. I'm really not too concerned with his... Uh, yeah, and healthier maybe towards the end of the season come fantasy exactly. playoffs. So. Yeah. And I think you're the one that told me also that he... Uh, I mean, he's been dealing with arthritis in his knees his whole career. It's, it's nothing new, you know? So, yeah, Um 14th in pass attempts last year, ranked 8th in rush attempts, 2nd in yards per play. Um, the over-unders, 10.5, a mark they've beaten in each of Sean McVay, McVay's uh, two seasons. As a Rams coach, 11-5 and and 13-3 and last year, 6-1 uh, and one in one-score games last year. They have the 7th softest schedule in the over-under, 10.5, over plus 125, under minus 150. I think I'm leaning the under on this one. Yeah, I know there's a lot of juice on the under. When I bet the under a couple months ago, it was an even bet. So I think people are starting to figure out that there might be some regression with this team. I just think my biggest concerns are losing those two offensive linemen. Um, I mean, like you said, they were they were really good in low sco- um, low scoring games, one score games. They do have a tremendous coach. I mean, Sean McVay's got to be like the second best coach in the league behind Belichick. Of course, those were the two teams that played in the Super Bowl last year. I just think it's going to be tough for them to win 11 games. Jared Goff's not that good of a quarterback. He kind of relies on coaching and his good wideouts. And they're um, in a tough division. Tough division. The The defense is okay, but they really rely on Aaron Donald, just a one-man wrecking crew out there. They don't have good corners, good linebackers. So yeah, I think do. it'll be they're tough for them to win 11. Bro, they brought in Clay Matthews, my boy. Did they? Yeah. I didn't even know Clay left Green Bay. Oh, yeah. He's he's in L.A. now. Packers just let him go. I think the Packers defense can surprise this year. I think they got be, a lot of young talent. We'll see. I'm not – I'm. I got to see them first. They've been uh, – I feel like I've been turning into a Bills fan slowly. I get real excited <laughs> and then let down during the season. So, I don't really want to jinx myself. Nick and I are both feeling uh, Green Bay plus three week one. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll confirm it later on, but uh, that one's looking pretty good. Yeah, lock it in. All right, so let's get to your favorite squad of this season, the San Francisco 49ers. I know you're high just about every single person. I'm pretty sure you have a Garoppolo poster in your bedroom. Um, so Torres ACL in week three last year, uh, in eight starts as a 49ers QB, he completed 64.5% of his throws, um, 8.5 yards per attempt with 11 to 8 TD to INT ratio, and he's 6-2 and two in that. Uh, stretch. I know you're high on Jimmy. I know you're high on Pettis. The floor is yours, sir. So <laughs> I feel like if we did this podcast like a month ago, I'd totally go on a Niners rant and tell, <laughs> tell them 
tell everyone that they're going to win 9, 10, 11 games, possibly win the division. There's just been a lot of negatives. We can go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of negatives that have happened with this team. Um, I'm not as high. I have bet a lot of money on their over eight wins, which is starting to fall. I still feel pretty good about them. I just don't like the injuries that they've sustained so far in the preseason. Their first-round draft pick is already dealing with an injury. They're calling them questionable for week one. And then they lost uh, a safety already, too. So, I mean, I was excited about the pass rush that they were going to have, bringing in D Ford and drafting Bosa. Sherman is still a good corner. They don't have a real good uh, second corner. But I am high on Garoppolo. I was high on Dante Pettis, but reports haven't been as good. He's fallen all the way down to wide receiver 41. Yeah, everyone's been saying he's been looking like shit. Garoppolo's fallen all the way down to 23. Jarek McKinnon keeps on having these knee problems. So they are a team that has dealt with a plethora of injuries, but I am still high on them. I I like their over eight wins still. Are you still high on Kittle as number three tight end? Number number two two? tight end. Number two tight end, absolutely. George Kittle's just... He's going to light it up this year. He's, I just, I, I, he doesn't have, I mean, last year was Mullins and the, I mean, he doesn't have like a relationship with, it's not like last year his season was with Garoppolo and they have this, you know, relationship and this chemistry. I, I, I'm, I'm not convinced. I, I mean, the one tight end I want is Travis Kelsey. If I'm not getting Kelsey, I'm, I'm waiting till the end of the draft pretty much to take a tight end. Um, but yeah, Kittle is that that one question mark for me that I just have not been able to get on the hype in that number two tight end. Um, I don't know. Can you change my mind? Yeah, I mean, he was I think third in the league yards after catch last year, so he was in front of like basically every wide receiver in the league, and he's just awesome after the catch. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to have another great chance to get you know thirteen, fourteen hundred yards. And the one big thing with Kittle, he only scored five touchdowns last year, and he still finishes the second best tight end. Yeah, he I only think managed he only managed TDs in just two of nineteen red zone targets last season. Yeah, and I think we can definitely see some regression there. I mean, he there's no reason he shouldn't be good in the red zone. He's he's good at getting open and he's good at breaking tackles. But that's what that's what worries me is that a lot of his touchdowns and stats were on like eighty yard bombs, sixty yard bombs, like. I mean, he's a tight end. You know, he's no speedster. I mean, that it was busted coverages. There were, you know, blockers in front of him. I just don't know if that can repeat. I mean, I know he, you know, uh, I think he had the NFL record last year in receiving yards for a tight end at like almost 1,400. Um, he became the uh, first ever tight end to lead the league in yards after the catch, like you said, 870. And that's the one thing that I think is going to regress. I don't know how much. It may not, you know, may just regress to the norm. But I just think I would definitely take over five touchdowns. Like we said, he had five touchdowns last year. I would feel really confident that he gets more than that this year. As for the long touchdowns, a lot of people say it's not sustainable when you get long touchdowns. I think with certain players it is. When you look at Tyreek Hill, the guy's going to score long touchdowns. T.Y. Right. Hilton the same way. And a lot of the stat nerds on Twitter will never take guys like Alvin Kamara and Tyreek Hill because they say, oh, well, they rely on efficiency. They rely on this and that, long touchdowns. They don't get the touches. We're not going to take them. But those are the guys that, I mean, they, they play it safe, and chances are they're not going to win their fantasy drafts because they're just looking at these numbers. And I mean, you got to watch the games. You watch Tyreek Hill play, you'll, you'll see why he scores 80-yard touchdown. He's faster than everyone else. 
Same thing with Kamara. He, he once he hits the hole, I mean, he, his balance is amazing. He's going to score long touchdowns. George Kittle is the same way. He was a 99th percentile spark score guy, so he tested better in the combine than 99 percent of tight ends that were drafted. So he's a freak athlete, and I just think the combination of speed and size, he's going to be a guy that that continues to get long touchdowns. Um, I know, and I know we're both down on Pettis and. Um, I don't know how you feel about Goodwin or even Debo Samuel or even Jalen Hurd. Um, I mean, they got a plethora of tight of wide receivers here. Um, are you taking any of them? You have any shares interested in any of these guys? Yeah, I think it's a good buy low spot for Dante Pettis. I mean, I was high on him a few weeks ago. I'm not gonna completely fade him at this point. I mean, he's going as wide receiver 41. I just think that's a good buy low spot. He could still have a big year. He was tremendous in the last four games of the season last year. Marquise Goodwin, I have some shares of as well. He's going as wide receiver 68. And then Debo Samuels, wide receiver 63. I haven't really drafted any of him. So I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Pettis and Goodwin. And I do like the running backs a lot. I mean, they're, they're both very affordable. I wasn't drafting any of them early on in drafts because I thought Jarek McKinnon still had a chance of being the guy. There was a report today that said he's still dealing with – complications in the knee knee swelling coming off the acl and yeah, he's starting the season on the pup list right i believe it he hasn't is. been announced yet but it's looking very likely at this point so yeah. he'll, he'll at least miss the first six games of the year and tevin coleman's going as rb 26 and matt breda is going as rb 39 so i would be happy to get one of the one of those guys on each of the fantasy teams that i draft this year yeah i like coleman obviously reunited with shanahan um, Breda averaged 5.3 yards per carry and totaled, uh, 1100 yards from scrimmage, um, even with a separated shoulder and high ankle sprain. So, I mean, the guy's, uh, the guy's an athlete. Um, yeah, I, li- I like Coleman and Breda, um, and especially with McKinnon probably going to miss the first half of the season, maybe. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And if one of those guys goes down, the other guy's just going to light it up. I mean, and they're both affordable. And Shanahan loves throwing to running backs. They always scheme up the running backs. They're going to score a good amount of touchdowns. They got a defensive, decent offensive line. I just think it's a good chance to buy either one of those guys. So 20th in pass attempts last year, 11th in rush attempts, and 14th in yards per play. Over-under is 8, a mark they haven't reached since 2014. Uh, three and six in one score games last year. So I know you've been taking the over. The over I saw the other day, minus 130, under plus 108. You still still confident with the over? Yeah, I'm still pretty bullish on the over. Um, another stat that I had was that they only had two interceptions last year. Wow. So, I mean, that's like impossible. I mean, <laughs> how do you get two interceptions? I know their pass rush was poor. Their secondary wasn't great. But chances are you're going to, I mean, get at least eight or nine interceptions throughout the season. Two is just, like, insane. Yeah. So they forced a league-low amount of turnovers. Like you said, they were pretty poor in one-score games. And their stud quarterback, Jimmy G, was out for pretty much the whole year. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for them to beat that over-under. I think chances are they're going to win at least eight games. I think it's going to fall right on eight or nine, but I feel pretty good about their chances of getting at least eight. So I think that's still a good number, especially with plus odds. Yeah, can't beat that. 
All right, so the final team in the division, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm actually starting to become very high on Seattle uh, fantasy-wise. Russell Wilson, you know, reports out of camp, and even in preseason, he's just looked very healthy, and he's looked very good. Um, overcame the Seahawks' run-heavy game commitment to the first uh, to finish his seventh straight season as a fantasy QB1 by a way of career-best 8.2% touchdown rate. Um, his offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator was um, intent on running the ball, um, resulting in Wilson's fewest pass attempts last year at 427 since his rookie season. He had zero rushing TDs last season. So I think the it's only up from there. Um, I really, really like Russell Wilson this year. Um, I really like Chris Carson this year, and I really like Tyler Lockett this year. Um, Carson, 67% of the team's carries inside the 10 last year, ranked number five in the NFL in rushing yards at 1,200, and he's going in like the fifth round. Yeah, I think you pretty much spelled it out. I just think it's going to be a really concentrated offense, and that's what we like to look for in fantasy. I know their wide receiver, two, David Moore, is dealing with a shoulder injury. So currently their wide receiver, two, is Jerron Brown. They don't throw the, to the tight ends. They're unhappy with Rashad Penny. So, I mean, like like you said, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and Tyler Lockett. Wide, uh, Wilson's going as quarterback 13. Carson's going as RB 17. Tyler Lockett's going as wide receiver 19. So between those three guys, they're all affordable. You can you don't have to spend too much on them. And just the volume that those three guys are going to get is going to be worth it. And, they're I mean, they're going to smash. They're three great players. I mean, Russell Wilson is very clearly, in my opinion, a top five actual quarterback. If he gets the opportunity, if their defense isn't as good and they throw the ball more, I mean, this guy could easily crack the top five. Their defense um, is going to be bad this year. I think it's going to be bad. And so, like you said, he had zero rushing touchdowns last year. That's so, crazy. I mean, he's a great running quarterback. Chances are he'll he probably just get wasn't three healthy. or four. He just wasn't healthy. And I think this year he's very healthy, and he looks very good. And they've invested in their offense. They got a huge offensive line. They just they just get these huge mauling guys, and Chris Carson's a huge back. They're definitely a team that wants to establish the run. I mean, Chris Carson at RB17 is just awesome. I've been drafting a lot of him. Yeah, no I'm Mike Davis. Mike I'm Davis extremely is gone. high on Tyler Lockett. Wide receiver 19. I mean, he's – I I think the chances are pretty good that he finishes as a top 15 wide receiver, and he's going as wide receiver 19. He's starting to get more buzz because he, he had a couple of good preseason games, and he's just going to be the only guy there, really. They, they don't have any other wide receivers. Doug Baldwin retired. Mm -hmm. One interesting stat I had on Lockett, so he played in the slot for 29 – well, he was targeted in the slot last year. 29 times he caught 26 of them and he scored five of his 10 touchdowns from the slot And that position was mainly Doug Baldwin's last year. But with Doug Baldwin gone, Tyler Lockett's going to primarily play in the slot and he's got just extreme quickness and he's going to be able to get open and on broken plays, you know, Russell Wilson's going to find him. I, th I think Lockett's going to have a really big year. Yeah. I, I like Lockett too. Um, on only just 70 targets, he had career highs and catches. 57 yards, uh, almost a thousand and touchdowns. Like you said, he had 10, um, while finishing number 20, number 17 among 96, uh, wide receivers. He's, he's, he's going to be good. I am very high in Tyler Lockett, especially with Baldwin gone, very high in Carson, especially with Mike Davis gone. 
DK Metcalf does not scare me at all as far as taking anything away from Lockett. Uh, Metcalf will get his, I guess, if he can stay on the field. I mean, he's a beast um, of an athlete. I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. And then, like you said, they don't throw their tight ends, so I'm not even worried about them whatsoever. But, yeah, I'm very high on the Hawks this year. So if you're playing week one DraftKings in FanDuel, I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but we're definitely pretty high on the stack of Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and Tyler Lockett. They're home against the Bengals. Like we said, they're dealing with wide receiver injuries with um, David Moore and DK Metcalf. So, I mean, if Lockett gets 10 targets with how efficient he's been catching passes from Russell Wilson, I just think he can definitely smash the price tag there and, in Seattle, I mean, Pete Carroll loves to run up the score. So, I mean, I mean, they could beat the Bengals 42 to 6, 42 to 10, love something to see like it. that. Would love <laughs> to see it. Um, all right, so they ranked 32nd in pass attempts last year, 2nd in rush attempts, and 16th in yards per play. Uh, over under 8.5, a mark they've beaten in 7 straight years. Uh, so the, un- or the over is minus 118, and the under is minus 102. I like the over. I I think they're gonna probably win the division. I don't know. Yeah, I think th- I think they're a candidate to win the division. Them or the Rams. I think it's gonna be between those two. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm high in the Seahawks this year. Do you did you take any of the over under? Just a lean towards the over. Anytime you could get a top five quarterback just uh, to get nine wins, I think that's a good chance. Um, pretty similarly with the Packers, their they're over-under was nine and a half, and I just bet them blindly because they have a top five quarterback in the league. Same thing with the Texans, actually. Uh, about a month ago, they were sitting at eight and a half. I think Deshaun Watson's the top five quarterback. Top five quarterbacks should be able to get you nine wins. I mean, Packers have talent. The Texans have talent. The Seahawks really don't have much. But, I mean, Russell Wilson's awesome. Lockett's going to be really efficient. They got a great home field advantage. Uh, I mean, nine wins for them, it'll be difficult, but we're high on Russell Wilson. We think he's an awesome player, so I I wouldn't put it past them. Just a lean towards the over, though. Yeah. And then uh, the division, they got the Cardinals at plus – 3,300, the Rams at minus 180, the Niners at plus 400, and the Hawks at plus 380. So I like the Hawks at their value at plus 380. Um, that would definitely be a bet that I'd take. Have you taken any of the odds here in the West? Um, I actually haven't, but I I think the value would either be on Seattle or San Fran. We, we both think the Rams are going to be a little bit worse. So if you, if you were going to – make a bet, I would say pick your favorite team between the Seahawks and the Niners and just roll with it because you get good odds. All right. Um, so that does it. Went through every division. Uh, so hopefully you guys got some good insights, some good info. I know drafts are really starting to uh, pick up this week and this weekend. I have like four this weekend. So um, we're just going to do a quick, our top five at each position. Um kind of give you guys an idea of where we stand and uh, who we like this year for fantasy. So let's start at the quarterback position. Quarterback position, I briefly went through it earlier. Mahomes is my clear one. Watson's the clear two. Rodgers would be my three. Baker Mayfield, number four. When we get to number five, I have three guys listed. I can't really decide who I want the most. I think Matt Ryan has the safest floor amongst these guys. 
Uh, the other two guys I have in this tier are Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I like all those guys. I, I'd probably go with Winston. I, I I think I saw a bet today. I think it was like Winston leading the league in passing yards. I like it. I, I think he's just going to be – I think he's going to have a great season. I think he's got the right system, the right coach, uh, the talent around him, and I, I think he's finally going to live up to that – first overall pick hype um, that we know that he is. Yeah, and as we talked about in the last episode, I don't think there's any reason not to like him for fantasy just based on their defense and the weapons that he has and no competition behind him. And uh, actually, he was my quarterback that I took in my my draft last night. So hopefully that can come to fruition. Top five for Jameis. All right, running backs, what do we got? Running backs, I have Kamara, number one, McCaffrey, number two, Barkley, number three, James Conner, number four, and Ezekiel Elliott, number five. Uh, honorable mention would go to uh, David Johnson, number six. Honestly, and obviously if Zeke is back week one, he goes one for you or two behind Kamara. Zeke would be my number one if, if yeah. he reported today. And I'd probably put Bell in that top five there because oh, that's my boy this God, year. You're going to make me throw up. <laughs> Um, Bell right. will not be a top eight running back in fantasy this year. We'll see. Let's put some money on it. Who do <laughs> let's put some money on it. I think Bell. You think he'll be in the top ten? Maybe. T- I mean, I would. I would bet that he's not top eight. I'll bet you fifty bucks that he finishes top eight in a PPR league. I accept. Okay, you heard it first. All right, wide receivers. <laughs> who we got? Wide receiver. I got Devontae number one, Hopkins number two. Odell Beckham, number three, Tyree Kill, number four, Michael Thomas, number five. So I'm leaving Julio Jones out of my top five. I don't like to predict injuries. Uh, he's he's a guy that's always banged up. We like the Falcons in general. They play 15, uh, 13 games at home. In the Dome. In the Dome. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like Julio. I like Julio a lot this year. And I like that not everyone's really talking about him either. That's what makes me like him even more. So we're getting him at a good value. Yeah, I just, I I don't know. I, I went with the younger guys. I went with the guys that I mean, you are, can't go wrong with Michael Thomas. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just going to get the looks every single And play. I think my guys in the top five are all going to score more touchdowns than Julio too. So that was another reason why I, I left him out of the top five. Okay. Uh, tight ends? Tight end, clear number one, Travis Kelsey, number two, Kittle, number three, Ertz, number four, depending on the league, if it's a PPR league, I would go Evan Ingram. If it's a standard half PPR or non-PPR, I'd, I'd go Hunter Henry, but I think that top five is pretty clear. Yeah. And then uh, do you do defenses all or no? I didn't really do defenses. I just I wanted to mention for defenses, um, I mean, you don't really want to – draft a defense early I know we've talked about Chicago they would be my number one defense I know Nick isn't very bullish on the Bears but with defenses you want to honestly the best way for defenses is to stream them mm-hmm. and when you're drafting look at the week one schedule figure out who has a good matchup in week one even look at weeks one through three so I know a team that has a really soft schedule for the first three weeks and a team that you can get in the last round is the Dallas Cowboys. They're home against the Giants. They play the Dolphins week two. And then week three, I think <clears throat> I think they play the Redskins. So that's three great matchups to open the year. I mean, that's a great pick in the last round. 
Yeah, I like it. I, I, I'm all in for streaming defenses. I do not think the Bears are going to be number one defense at all. I think I said I weren't. They weren't going to be in a top ten. Um, I like the Ravens uh, defense this year. Actually, that's and the opinion. Ravens play Miami week one, so that's that's another good one to take. Um, whether you, you know. 14th, 15th round, have them for week one. You don't necessarily have to keep them for the year. Right. Like we said, streaming defense is the best yeah, way I like, to go. Yeah, I like the Ravens for the year. So they're they're uh, they're probably my go-to D in uh, picks this year. All right, so we didn't do um, a preseason week four uh, pick this week. Pre- and week four is difficult. Um, it's kind of the backups kind of fighting for that last chance or cuts have already been made. So hard to predict. But we do have a week one lock pick that we like a lot. Um, Tyler, tell us. Week one lock of the pick, we're going to do a parlay. We're going to take the Cleveland Browns at home against Tennessee. And we're going to parlay them with the Philadelphia Eagles at home against Washington. We just really like the chances of the Browns and the Eagles winning. When you parlay them together, it basically means both of them have to win in order to win the bet. If they both do, it's right around even odds. So, I mean, I hammered this one. I, I bet it on multiple sites already. I, I'm really down on Tennessee, and I'm really down on Washington. And at the same time, I'm high on Philly and high on Cleveland. So, yeah, lock Keys, it in for week one. Keenum starting week one for the Skins. So, we'll see what happens. All right. As always, thank you all for listening, subscribing. Please rate. Any questions, let us know. Uh, drafts are coming up. Um, I'm Nick. He's Tyler. We're out. <laughs>